Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. This is uh, Oilers Now, and I hope you're doing well. I'm going through a challenging time, to uh, say the least. Let's hope it doesn't get more challenging on uh, Friday. Okay. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063 on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. I'll tell you that guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Tell uh, Brendan. Taylor and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. As we head off to our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling, pay no overtime rates on their 24-7 service repairs. That's how you build a Legacy legacy Heating and Cooling. I'm not sure if he was pulling for uh, Gavin Newsom to be uh, recalled in the state of California. <laughs> you know I had to work in some sort of political narrative, but not one that involved Canada because you don't want to comment on that. Do not watch or listen to this show oh, for you so and I funny. to talk about politics. Uh, you are we Mike Duffy and, uh, and and Craig Oliver on uh, question period or something? What's going on? Now, was Mike Duffy the guy that got nailed for expense issues? When he was a senator, yes. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a, conser- a, a conservative senator, by the way. Yes. Well, there's, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of liberal senators out there that have been oh. benefiting off the taxpayers' proverbial, you know what, over the last several. Uh, well, and you know, the fact now that I, you know, we, I thought we did have a, an elected senator in Alberta, and I guess that's not going to happen anymore. So. Oh, okay. Uh, actually, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. It's weird. Uh, the, the former writer, uh, prominent Edmonton-based writer from the Journal, is she not a senator? Oh, I'm, I'm upset that I forgot. Somebody text the show and educate me on this. Um, she used to comment all the time during the Pursuit of the Arena deal. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, very, a very talented writer. Uh, interest, uh, had a really interesting perspective on uh, a couple different things that uh, actually got retweeted out a bunch of times last week. All right, John. And, and we, full disclosure here, uh, we, we do have Mike Rupp coming up later on, a Danbury uh, trasher. 
from oh the, hey have you, have you seen the documentary yes yet? yes yes and and so that's where we're going to start since we got mike coming down the pipe uh paulus uh simons i how how th- thank you very much see this is once in a while you like to throw a bone out just to just to gauge your listenership and we have mm-hmm. smart listeners we i've got 15 texts that have come in in the last literally 10 seconds bob paulus simons there you go uh that's, there you go there you go so um you know provided a really uh, interesting perspective on on uh, her mother uh, who smoked a long time in her life and then all the options for smoking got taken away and she suddenly stopped smoking and I think she was drawing an allusion to something else that might be you know involving vaccination I, I, that's how I interpreted that but let's get back to the Danbury trashers what did you think of that whole story uh, you know um, unfortunately, as a former hockey parent uh, and, uh, you know, and an avid goer of hockey lower than the National Hockey League, uh, it, it, put, it stood the hair on the back of my neck up at times. Uh, and it shakes your head and then you, you're embarrassed for the game of hockey, but you understand the passion. Um, so I, I guess it is what it is and hopefully it's, it, it's, it's the exception rather than the rule. Part of the narrative that worked for me, which I kind of got, and and just if anybody hasn't seen this documentary, it's called Untold Crime and Penalties, and it's a story about the Galante's ownership of uh, the Danbury tra- uh, Trashers in Connecticut, and they were in the refuse collection industry, which was long the standard joke. Uh, made often by late-night hosts involving guys involved in organized crime. Well, this guy was the physical embodiment of that, John, as you know. But I do think that there's there's always been an appreciation for the anti-hero, and they were an anti-hero team. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're not wrong. You're, you're not wrong, and and I mean, there's always there's always something to be said, and there's a tip of the hat always given to teams or uh, groups of players that aren't the most talented and don't come from silver spoon backgrounds. Um, you know, there is that, uh, you know, the, it's kind of what Cher- Don Cherry had in Boston with that lunch bucket mentality. Yep. Uh, and, and you can, you could certainly see a little bit of that and empathize with that. But you know, when you cross the line, you cross the line, Bob, in my opinion. Well, uh, you know, and, <laughs> They weren't ex- but, but you and I, you and I differ on our philosophies of where the game is anyway. That way. What do you mean? So, and, well, no, I mean you still like a good old-fashioned fight, and I'm kind of, uh, I'm a little more reserved about it. I got no problem with functional toughness. Now, what they were doing was not functional toughness. <laughs> no, that was pure and out. Out-and-out intimidation. All right. Uh, you know what? They had a guy on their team, and I was going to wait until Rupp comes on the show, uh, but they had a guy on their team by, by the name of John Nasty Morasty. okay? And they didn't even show him in that documentary. And I had players tell me that played a, with him and against him in the Western Hockey League that mm-hmm. they think he may have been the worst player they ever saw play in their league. Like of that generation, the late '90s, early 2000s, wow. they thought. Now, were you aware? Were, were you aware of Danbury when Danbury was playing? Yes. Were you that smart? I you think. Were, I think you. we. Oh, I know for a fact we had Morasti on the show because he was involved wow. in these. Uh, he was with the Quebec. He he spent part of the season in the Quebec Senior League. Because yeah. remember, 0405, Speck and me were grinding, trying to put shows together because of the NHL lockout that year, John. 
I, I know I definitely, I think Morasti has relatives in these parts. The guy that told me uh-huh. about him was Blake Dermott, who, Is by the way, right? like Blake played both football and hockey growing up, and Blake told me about, he, he knew the uncle or something, and then we ended up getting in con. So I, I, I definitely knew about, I did not know, I'll be honest with you, I did not know about the mob ownership of the team. Yeah, you know, nor, nor did I. Yeah, I did not know about that. Uh, it's a remarkable story. I don't think it's the only play. I think if some people did some real digging on... Uh, <laughs> there's a couple... <laughs> let's just say there's ways of doing businesses in certain states and provinces that are maybe a little bit more acceptable than others if you really dug down. Uh, but yeah. the, the stories, it, the, I thought the documentary was pretty well done. I mean, look, you're a TV executive. You were. I, I don't. Now you're a consultant. What did you think of the actual production values on it? Oh, no, they were good. And, and I mean, it's the one type of documentary you can get away with rather grainy footage. Uh, it, it almost provides a texture to what was going on with the show. There's lots of people that would roll their eyes and say, well, the video's not very good. But, you know, at times... You know that that creates a little bit of the illusion and the drama of, of the documentary. So I, 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 as much as I didn't necessarily enjoy the topic that much, I would recommend it for people to walk to watch. Yeah, and I, you know, I was comfortable with it. Uh, Brent Gretzky went and played on that team. We talked, I mentioned earlier in the show, a guy out of uh, the Edmonton area by the name of Mike Bayrak, who used to skate here in the summer, was a real good minor, lower-level minor pro guy. Like, just couldn't sort of get to that AHL level. Uh, Played for the Prince George Cougars in the Western Hockey League. So it's it's interesting stuff. Uh, Again, we'll we'll follow that up. Uh, What's the best, just as an aside, what's the best hockey duck? Again, you're a TV guy. What's the best hockey documentary you've ever seen? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what. The, 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 the two out of Russia, uh, one was called the uh, – I'm, I'm going to screw it up here. One was called the Red Penguins, which was a story about how when Howard Baldwin and the guys in Pittsburgh bought the Red Army and what they had to do. Uh, it's a fascinating documentary. Um, uh, it's out in the last year and a half. Uh, yeah, the Russian Five is really good, you know. And then, uh, and then on top of that, um, and I don't know where it's available anymore, but Kenny Dryden's eight-part series on the game uh, is just—it's it, phenomenal. Uh, you know, Ken has an approach to the game and an understanding of the game. He's a good writer. He's got a, a fascinating voice to listen to. Um, and if you want to understand the history of the game and where where the game has come from, uh, which was it, it was a documentary based on the on his best selling book, it's very good as well. But I don't know where you can find it. I don't I don't know if it's on Netflix. I don't know where it would be. And from a purely Oilers centric perspective, I'm going to throw the boys. Oh, well, the boys bus. on the bus. Yeah, right. sure. That was like, yeah. Well, I was uh, I was right in the middle of that too with Bob and Terry McEwen. Yeah. So for our, uh, our listeners out there, text us seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Where do you put boys on the bus? And, and think about the time that it was out. Like this was literally dec- This was twenty five years before ESPN thirty for thirty, John. Well, this was the this was the 1986 season, right? Uh, and this was supposed to be the third Stanley Cup in a row. Uh, and the documentary uh, was supposed to end with Wayne skating around the Coliseum ice with the cup one more time. Uh, and it didn't end with uh, Steve Smith's goal, 
but they had to do an extra four or five minutes to get you back to 1987 and beating the Flyers. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, 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 it truly was a documentary. And, and I mean, Glenn Sather embraced the documentary. It dealt with issues uh, far beyond hockey. Yep. Uh, I think the dinner table scene. At the end. Uh, uh, the dinner table scene at Wayne's condo uh, is as good as you're going to have when athletes actually talking naturally about each other and what's going on. Uh, you're right. It's 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 got to be near the top of the list for me as well. Uh, what was uh, Wayne said? You're only as good as your last shift. And Glenn Anderson said you're only as good as your last and we'll just leave it yeah. at that. Yeah, well, you know, that's the great thing about DVDs. Yep. Or, or pay-per-view or whatever you want to call it, or on-demand. Or podcasts. Or podcasts, <laughs> yeah. Although, we, I, I do a podcast. We don't, really, we don't really like people swearing on our podcast. Yeah, no, I, I, I can tell you, when I used to bartend at Moe's Sports Parlor in the city's south side, circa mid-1990s, we popped that puppy in there, that VHS in. And oh, yeah. if we had a bad Sunday night game, like if it was, you know, I'm trying to think of who was crappy in the mid 1990s. I guess the Browns would have been. They, you know what I mean? Like, actually, they weren't bad. It's a good guess. It's a good guess to put. You could say the Browns almost every year. Yeah, actually, Jack Michaels is going to give me crap because I think in 94, 95, or one of those two years, they weren't bad. But if we had a bad Sunday night game, we just at halftime we'd flip over and put on, and the guys loved it, right? It just, it sort oh, of, yeah. it, you know, <laughs> right out of the slap shot. It captured the whole spirit of the thing. You know what I mean, John? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, there's no question about that. Yeah. Uh, making Coco and Tough Guy, the Bob Probert story, were very good. I actually, I, I found aspects of the Bob's, Bob Probert story hard to watch. I felt bad for him. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Boys in the Bus is right up there with Golden Girl. That one comes to us from Big Z. Is he talking Golden Girl, the movie, with, like, Susan Anton, that one? Is that what he's referring to? <laughs> I have no idea. Did you ever see that movie where they basically programmed her as an athlete and she had all these sort of... Oh, it was a strange movie. If, if I did, I wouldn't admit it. How's that? Oh, come on. You've seen worse than that. Uh, Bob, the movie, the boys in the... Or, uh, the, the movie, the documentary, Boys in the Bus, is my claim to fame. When they're skating around on the ice at the cup, I'm front row, nine years old, banging on the glass... And uh, I, I fired up on the old VHS to show my kids as well. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bob, what about the series he shoots, he scores? That must be 25 years ago. Uh, Lancey- yeah, but that wasn't, a, first of all, that wasn't a document. Right. I mean, that was, that was a, uh, it was a, a, a and, and it was actually a, Friend, a Quebecois, yeah, Lance uh, half-hour show, Lance Con, yes, uh, shoots he scores, yeah, Lance uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, uh, and 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 it was about a fictitious uh, Quebec-based NHL team uh, that uh, that the star of the uh, the show was all about. Oh, yeah, I I must admit I did watch it every week. Well, yeah, and that, it had to run at ten o'clock at night, as I recall back then. <laughs> That's probably why I watched. Yes, that. you're just. Uh, did you know that uh, there was a time for entry level French at the university uh, where that 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 show was actually part of the curriculum? Seriously? Really? Yes. Oh yeah. 
Uh, Bob, what about the Broad Street Bullies and the Miracle on Ice documentaries? More enjoyable to me than Boys in the Bus. And I'm a huge Oilers fan when the Oilers entered the NHL. Yeah. All right, wait a sec here. On, uh, I, on I, never, I don't think I've ever seen a Miracle on Ice documentary. And the Miracle on Ice movie is traditional, <laughs> with all due respect to Disney. Come on. Like they make Well no, but there's two there's two there were two versions. The first version Carl Malden. was done within about three years. Carl Malden is Herb Brooks. Yes. Um and then uh the one Miracle, which I think was much better, it was shot in Vancouver. Kurt Russell. Uh with, with Kurt Russell as Herb Brooks. And and you know what 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 people may not realize was that Herbie, who was a dear friend, Her, Herbie was the technical advisor on that movie. Um, and uh, the week before the movie finished shooting, um, Herb was coming home from a late shoot and got were trying to get onto the interstate and rolled his car and passed away. Yeah, uh, as uh, that was the last thing he did was was work on the movie about his his team's success in 1980 at Lake Placid. Which NHL? Because I saw him at the Prospects game that year. I actually sat next to him on the flight out of Saskatoon, and that would have been the 2000. Uh, two uh, prospects game because Bo Meester and Lupul were the the, the yeah. respective stars for their two teams that year in in Saskatoon. Do you yeah. know which NHL club he was with? It because he was scouting for somebody. I think he was still with Pittsburgh at that point. Okay, I, I think he was scouting for uh, for Pittsburgh. I think Craig Patrick, who again was his assistant coach in in uh, in Lake Placid. I think uh, Craig, Craig looked after Herbie in, in many, many ways after that. Because remember, Herb went and coached the Penguins uh, and was the coach behind the bench for Pittsburgh uh, and the famous Keith Primo five overtime game um, for the, that the Flyers won that series on. And the, the one thing I would I would say about Herbie is that Herbie still still had such a passion and a love for the game. And his up until then, and then 2002, remember, he was the coach of Team USA, uh, in Salt Lake City against Pat Quinn and the uh, and Team Canada. You know, uh, John, just just one more thing. Part of my the reason I got frustrated watching Miracle was their portrayal of the Canadian team, because as you know, that Canadian team in 1980 was basically it was not a goon team. Oh, you know, because oh, no, oh, no, no. Canadians are a bunch. Of, I mean, they were University of Toronto, University of Alberta guys, Jim Nill from the UFC. Like, they were a college hockey team, too. And I, I, I don't know about how... Put it this, I'm going to throw this question out there. Honestly, for people out there that... And I realize we have a lot of listeners that are under the age of 40 right now. And you're important, too. Never lose sight of that. But for the people that are can remember when the Americans were playing the Russians in 1980... How many of you were cheering for the Americans? To, because I, I could tell you, as a, you know, I was 14. I think I 13 at the time, just turning 14. I was not a fan of, of the Soviets. So no. I was pulling hard for the Americans. I wanted that upset. It was a big deal. Oh, it was a fantastic time. And by the way, that, te- that Canadian team, that was, the, that was the famous year that, that the precursor to Hockey Canada deemed that we should have a tri-coach system. Uh, and if you recall who the three coaches were, I think Lauren Davies. Yep, Claire Drake. Uh, Claire Drake and Tom Watt. Tom Watt, right? yep. Yeah, and I mean, so how, how do you have three coaches coach a hockey team? Because they didn't want to, they wanted to make sure that the, all the constituents were, were looked after. And had it not been for an, a tremendously awful goal from center ice uh, that went through, I think it was Paul Paggio's legs. Uh, our team would have gone to the medal round. And would have would have been much more uh, through the round robin. At least would have would have had a better chance to medal 
than it did. But it was an awful goal, and it really did cost them the tournament at that point. Glenn Anderson, Randy Gregg were on that 1980 team. Uh, sure. Gregg had, had briefly uh, played in the West. Back then, you could play in the Western League a few games. Yeah. I think he played playoff games, and then he ended up at Denver University, him and Ken Berry, who was Austin Oilers' prospect. All right, speaking of college, John, very quickly, let's focus on the Oilers. Rookie camp, um, getting going here today, on ice mm-hmm. tomorrow, and we've danced around the Dylan Holloway thing for about the last week here on the show. Word was kind of, it was, it was, it was getting pretty obvious when you didn't see him out skating with the rest of the players. Yeah. Uh, now it's official, and this is a little bit of a like he's got to get right with his uh, scaphoid, but this is a little a little bit of a downer, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I mean, better now than in a year, or better now than in February. Uh, I mean, when, when you look at other players that have elected to finally have, you know, in, in most situations, either thumb or wrist surgery. Um, when we when we look back a year from now, nobody will remember this. Um, you know, and let's face it, I don't believe Holloway was going to start with the Oilers. He was going to be in Bakersfield anyway. This is a, you know, this is a transition year for him to learn how to be a pro and to be a good pro. Um, so, you know, let's get it fixed. Let's, let's solve the problem so that it doesn't have a recurring issue time and time again. And let's get him indoctrinated into being a professional hockey player. All right, John, uh, one final text I want to get to, and it's from Hawes, who says, Bob, speaking of Kurt Russell, check out the baseball documentary on the Portland Mavericks team. Oh, really good. Uh, It's a great documentary. It's called, uh, it is a fantastic documentary. It's Kurt Russell's dad ran the team. And it's called The uh, Battered Bastards of Baseball. And I know Jay Woodcroft referenced that last season uh, here mm-hmm. on Oilers Now. They kind of jokingly refer to themselves. And uh, a couple texters have come in and said point blank, Bob, I'm with you. I was totally cheering for the United States against the Russians back in 1980. Um, it's, it's interesting. Because I, I, I think now, John, we would clearly delineate that the Americans have a better and deeper program than the Russians and are a greater threat to Canada in any international tournament. No, I think it's the best hockey rivalry on so many different levels, whether it be men or women or under 18s or under 16s. Canada, USA is the, is, is the number one rivalry uh, in the game right now. Uh, and our biggest concern as Canadians is, is that if, if, if the United States allows its best athletes to compete in hockey as opposed to basketball or football or baseball, we're in really big trouble. We are in really big trouble. How about uh, John McEnroe's line on tennis? Canada will be good and uh, Canadians will be good in tennis when they learn how to play on ice? Well, I mean, it's John McEnroe. Come on now. One final one. Are you serious? One one final one for you, uh, John. We'd be remiss without mentioning the passing of Norm Macdonald. Uh, we have a, I, I know we both have a great affinity uh, for talent. Uh, he was uh, a, a unique, a unique and frankly gutsy. Some would say ballsy uh, comedian. Just think of going head to head back in the mid 1990s 
and you can maybe explain the connection with him and uh, Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live involving O.J. Simpson. Well, yeah, well, I mean, listen, the, the measure that I have of Norm McDowell, first of all, you know, a good Canadian boy, um, the thing I, I would tell you about Norm McDonald that I always marveled at was if you sat with anybody in the entertainment industry, particularly comedians, and ask them, who's the funniest guy you know? Nine out of ten people would take Norm MacDonald. Within the industry, this guy, you know, he was an acquired taste, I think, for the regular guy at home. But inside the comedic industry, Norm MacDonald was at the top. And I think that's why it's received so much attention these days, that he that's how funny he was to other comedians. And that's, in my mind, that's what made him so special. And uh, for the listeners that are unaware, uh, Don, uh, you you know, uh, did you know, is Don Allmeyer still alive? No. But did you know him? You must have known him during. Did you well, meet him? met him a couple of times? Yeah, met he him was, a couple of times. Yeah, like he was way up there at NBC, and he was one of OJ's buddies, wasn't he? Yes, they, yeah, at a time at a time when you know the uh, the, the stars of, of sports and the stars of television were the best of friends. But Olmeyer and then Ebersol, they all they all were uh, when it all began. We're on Simpson's side. Yeah. Yeah. All right, John. Hey, uh, wide-ranging conversation. We'll look forward to hooking up on Monday. Okay. Okay, Bob. Just don't tra- just don't trick me into any more. Well, Monday. Just do me a favor on Monday, Bob. Just go out and vote. We're not going to ask you yeah, who you're voting yeah. for. Yeah, that's right. Just go and vote, please. Yeah, just go vote, everybody. It, I'm right not going to tell you who to vote for. Just go vote. Yeah, right on. Thanks, John. Okay, Bob. You bet. It is currently 12.57 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer and Brendan Escott joining you in Oilers now. We'll take a 30-second timeout, come back with a couple texts. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on 6.30 Chet. And I'm being corrected. A texter says, Bob, I didn't cheer for the Americans against the Russians in 1980. I cheered for the Americans against the Soviets in 1980, just saying. And that's I, I did make a qualifying statement there myself. So, yes, duly noted. All right. that uh, Just a recap on our Oilers Now injury report today for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. When accidents happen, go see jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at jameshbrown.com. The news today from the Oilers, uh, and it was filtering out and becoming obvious when Dylan Holloway uh, wasn't skating with uh, some of the uh, the main guys at the captain skate. Dylan Holloway had surgery yesterday's out minimum three months. Uh, he underwent wrist surgery Tuesday afternoon, minimum three months, more likely four to six months uh, before a potential return, which would probably see him. Well, he's going to start in the American Hockey League. That's a given. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. David Staples' cult of hockey when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.